And welcome back to the latest edition of Let's Do It Live. I'm one of your co-hosts, the People's Commission, and I'm joined by new father and soon-to-be 29-year-old, the yep, Pizza Band. Uh, I'm eve of my 29th birthday, and I've been a dad for about a week now, and life is coming at me quick. Would you say you're an expert now, or just an expert at getting hit with fecal uh, matter? I haven't got hit with fecal matter. A little bit on my hands here and there. Hasn't been too bad. We did have one explosion after a two-day uh, holdout, but, but we're mm. looking good right now. I, I've been very impressed by uh, the sense of responsibility that you've seemed to have found, given the fact that the first time you did laundry in college, you ruined every single piece of clothing by having your chapstick <laughs> in a pocket of your jeans. Yeah, so. still do that from time to time, but you know, now someone else's life is in my hands, and Let's, let's hope I don't make simple mistakes like that. You've, re- you've really tidied up your game a lot. One I'm, thing I'm I was impressed. doing, obviously, he, had, he was circumcised, and you have to be really gentle with the penis so it heals properly. And I was putting the diaper on him with his penis tucked up, you know, okay. like 6 to midnight. And he was peeing yep. all over his clothes every single time. And I was like, wow, these diapers suck. Well, I did. One Google search told me that I was retarded and... I was actually doing it all wrong. So my poor mother-in-law was washing baby clothes all week, trying to keep up with him pissing all over them. So, you know, you, you live and you learn. So something new dads hey, out there, don't do that. You know what? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I would not have thought of that whatsoever. And if I had a son, he would have pissed all over his chin as well. So, I mean, <laughs> right. That's the only, we're, we're in this that's together. That's the problem we had. He pissed all over his belly once. But, you know. I don't know. Sometimes you need a good I'm, piss. On the upside, so. the circumcision is healing well. So, I was, I was gentle enough with the diaper. So, Hey, mm-hmm. good for him. Good for young Carson. Because, uh, as we know, um, back going back to my Indian wedding, when we convinced one of our friends that I was going to be circumcised, even though that happened uh, back in 1990, uh, the old snip snip. I'll never forget him asking my father when it was going to happen. Yeah, so. uh, that was probably one of the meanest things you've ever done to him, Kyle. I hey, I did not lead that charge in that joke. Yeah, it still happened. It's it's funny. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone, we got another good show for you. Um, you know, obviously had to talk to the pizza baron about his new son and upcoming birthday. But in terms of actual topics, we got four of them for you. We're going to talk about the Ryder Cup uh, captain's picks, which were released over the last couple of days, both for the U.S. side and the European side. Then we have a first round rundown of the BMW championship out in Pennsylvania. Tiger, is he back? Then we'll have our gambling friend Mikey back for another segment of Coucher's Corner, whatever Coucher's Corner, whatever he's going to call it this week. Essentially, we're going to have five football games, the lines run through how we're leaning for the weekend and continue to keep tally of who's going to end up uh, having to sit for the LSAT. We'll we'll have to recap how we did last week. I don't, I hope, hopefully Mikey brings that to the table because I certainly didn't write it down anywhere. Well, that's what we're paying him the right. big bucks to do, is to be he our analyst. Hawaiian so. short-sleeve button-down shirts. You know, surprisingly, I haven't reached, received any DMs regarding a short-sleeve Hawaiian shirt, and I am quite disappointed. 
uh, with our with our three listeners uh, spread across the Midwest region of the United States, you'd think someone would have a connection to like a Costco gift card or something. You would think. You would think, but you know. But, hey, we're just trying to build yeah, a brand. I don't know. I don't know what we have to do. We we need to reach more people outside of Topeka. Maybe we just need to start posting pictures of Carson and going for the cute factor and just really exploit his would, cuteness to I get us more followers. Exclusively in short sleeve wine, button down shirts to try to get us a sponsor. With no yeah, pants. And once we Ooh, nice. That's a power move. That's what I will be wearing every day after I retire. Uh it's just a whitey tighties with a short sleeve Hawaiian theme button down. And a tour so. advisor or bucket hat. Mm. A bucket hat. I, I don't want to have to chop off the top. Yeah, I know Chef's really worried about that. <laughs> SPF 55. It's the minimum. The the mm. We're both white. Then the last thing we're going to talk about is tonight's the opener of the NFL season. We have the Atlanta Falcons starting off at the Philadelphia Eagles. Big Dick Nick Foles is starting for the Hurt Carson Wentz, so we're just going to run through our feelings for that and maybe a little bit of Lions talk. So let's start it off hot. hot. Uh, first, paying tribute to the late, great Burt Reynolds. You know, I saw on Instagram that he passed away today. And Pizza Baron, what, what Burt Reynolds movie or cameo – are you going to remember him? Uh, I'm going to remember him with his role in Boogie Nights with Mark Wahlberg, where he's essentially the, mm-hmm. the porn producer. Big shooter. Mm-hmm. I love that role. Um, also, the Longest Yard remake. Not the original one where he was the quarterback. <laughs> the remake. Where he's Dang it. Dang it. That was mine. Was, I, uh, I figured the Longest you'd go Yard remake with Adam Sandler, with yep. Adam Sandler and uh, yep. Chris Rock. Um, some other good cameos really enjoyed him putting the pads back on at the end of the game and getting that, that big rush that the inmates needed to overtake the guards, but kind of an underrated, although he wasn't in the movie, he did get a shout out and that's in happy Gilmore when shooter McGavin rolls up to the Waterbury open and happy Gilmore goes, wow, must be Burt Reynolds or something. That's what I'm always going to remember. That's a very, that and a mustache quotable quotable line i say it all the time absolutely yeah i know and that's probably why it's ingrained in my head and i can't get it out most definitely yep all right let's get to actual topics and stop babbling so our three listeners don't disintegrate to one um let's first talk about the u.s team so jim furick picked bryson dechambeau uh you know no surprise there phil phil mickelson and tiger woods um, there remains one open pick that will be chosen after the conclusion of the BMW championship. So it gives Furyk a chance to see, you know, who's really who's in form, um, who's hot and just ride that hot hand, be that 12th guy on that U S team going over to Paris. Um, what's your initial reactions to these um, three picks? I mean, it's definitely what I expected. Very predictable. Um, obviously Tiger's playing well. Again, he came out shot of 62, so I think he further solidified that pick. You, you can't not take the big cat when he's playing a well. He's got the experience. He's got eight appearances in the mm-hmm. Ryder Cup. I mean, DeChambeau is crushing people right now. Won the first two legs of the FedEx Cup. Um, his single-length irons seem to be really dialed in right now. So I think he's a good addition. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a fiery guy for the U.S. team. 
And then Phil the Thrill. Phil's not really playing that well right now, so I know some people are a little bit skeptical of the pick. But, I mean, he's got the most experience on the team. He's got 12 Ryder Cup appearances. I, I think you just got to go with Phil. Yeah, I thought that that pick was, like, you know, kind of for the fans. Everyone loves Phil. Um, and, you know, you mentioned something during your discourse that Phil's not playing especially well right now. And that's something I completely agree with. You know, I thought there were a couple guys that might have been able to sneak in ahead of him. But if we look at the 2018 FedEx Cup, like overall, he's in ninth. Which is crazy. Right now, which he is does, really surprising. He he's win. only got one win. Right. He has one win, six top tens in 22 events. Um, you know, he's considerably ble- bleh, far back from Bryson DeChambeau because he just – you know, got 4,000 points uh, the last two weeks with those wins. But that just goes to show he's been very consistent getting points. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he's performed in a way that gives him a chance uh, heading into East Lake next week for the Tour Championship. And so, you know, I, I'm less surprised by this pick now, uh, looking at the stats behind right. his Could season. you attribute any to his PR rep with the commercial – um, all the, <laughs> the long sleeve shirts and uh, just him crushing it on Twitter recently. Do you think he just wanted to be ingrained in Fierik's brain? I don't think he wanted to be in Fierik's brain specifically, but I think he wanted to go on kind of a PR repair run after his um, emotional breakdown at the yeah. U.S. Open mm-hmm. at Shinnecock. You know, when he's like, oh, I found a loophole in the rules and you know, he hit a moving yeah. putt and wasn't disqualified. We all know the story. We don't need to get into that. Um, so I think he he's feeling that. He's he's a fan favorite. He likes being loved by the people. Um, you know, sort of the underdog mentality when it comes to him and Tiger in the late 90s and, you know, up till 2008, 2009 timeframe. So the one thing I wanted to point out is – you know, you mentioned he's been on 12 Ryder Cup teams. So that's 24 plus years he's been a part of this. This is potentially his last chance to win on European soil. And that's the only thing he hasn't done as a Ryder Cup player for Team USA. So I think that that above everything else made the decision for Furyk is giving this guy who's been just a real team player uh, you know, he shifted more towards the mentor on the team, you know, keeping um, good vibes in the clubhouse and, you know, playing ping pong with the guys that he deserved a chance to to get that monkey off his back. So he's going more player coach, more Paul Newman slap shot. I love Absolutely. that. <laughs> um, great, yeah, great reference. Enough, I was kind of surprised that, like, Phil and Tiger don't even have that good of records at the Ryder Cup, but Tiger's 13, 17, and 3. Phil's 18, 20, and 7. Really, mm-hmm. out of all the guys on the U.S. team, I mean, Patrick Reed's the only one that just goes out there and k- kills people. Yeah, because if we think back over the last 20 years or so, um, when it comes to the Ryder Cup, the European teams have dominated. Uh, you think back to 2004 at Oakland Hills when Tiger and Phil were oh, paired was, together. They won nothing. They were awful. And there were, there were many years that they were just getting absolutely shellacked. And that, 
And that's why these guys that have been around for longer than these young guys like Patrick Reed, uh, Dustin Johnson, um, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, these guys, like their records from a percent standpoint are much better than um, Phil and Tigers, let's say. But you you need experience on the team. And who knows what's going to happen in the future. I I have to believe that with – some of the hottest players in the game right now, the U S team is going to be able to uh, do some damage over in Paris, but who knows? Yeah. So I guess with that said, who do you like as the last pick to be determined after this week? So (laughs) going with our Hawaiian theme, short sleeve button down, I'm going with the big Hawaiian, Mr. Tony Finau. Um, Obviously I'm very pro Tony Finau. I think it's safe to say that let's do it live as a protein. Tony Finau podcast. Um, but the stat I want to give to you guys is he is number four in the FedEx Cup standings with no wins this year. So that just shows how consistent he has been throughout 2018. We've talked about him at the PGA being in the top 10, the British Open, the US Open, good showing at the Masters, these big events. He's come through. I think he deserves a chance um, to be on the team All USA. Right. 100% agree. I don't think there's anywhere else you can go other than Tony Fina for that last spot. Yeah. The one person that crossed my mind was Kevin Kisner, just because he was on the team two years ago um, when they beat him at uh, – when they beat the European team at – please help me oh, with God. the name. Where was – oh, goodness. It's going to make me mad when I look this up. Hazel team. In Minnesota. So, uh, or hazel time, whatever you want. Tomato, 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 tomato. I think, I think he's a a solid choice as well. And I wouldn't have been surprised if he was picked in those, um, those first three, you know, he, he's had some good showings in the majors this year. Uh, We've talked about him a lot, Um, you know, towards the beginning of those majors hasn't been able to close, but um, one, another thing I want to point out is Matt Kuchar and Zach Johnson are vice captains on this year's team. So that takes them out of contention for getting a, uh, position that, that 12th spot. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like him as, as those picks. Uh, I feel like Zach Johnson had a chance of making the team just from his experience. And it's- yeah. And same with Matt Kuchar. He was like, in the top 15 and Ryder yeah. Cups um, points. I, so. I, I like the young blood with a couple couple older guys. Mm-hmm. I kind of like what we're working with. I, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see this team. Um, I think it was like two or three uh, Ryder Cups ago, they went to that pod system where there's like three or four players in a pod and they could all play with each other on any given, mm-hmm. given day. And just kind of looking at um, the makeup of the team, I think a lot of these guys have good rapport and play well together that, like, they could have some really interesting yeah. lineups. And I, I'm yeah, excited I mean, to got, see it. You got DJ and Kepka. We all know we all know their buddies. They work out together. Mm-hmm. Spieth yeah. and Reed, I think, is a good pairing. Um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about Bryson DeChambeau and Tiger being together, you know, given what happened – for Bryson at the uh, Dell Technologies and the Northern right. Trust, so yeah, that would be an interesting pairing as well. I mean, you got you can also throw JT and Fowler together. I mean, they're buddies. 
it's it's just mm-hmm. really exciting. It's going to be awesome. Over to the mm-hmm. European side, uh, they have, I think, five players. It's their first Ryder Cup appearance. And Rom, Olsen, Norin, Hatton, and Fleetwood. Um, they don't yep. have a ton of experience coming from their side. Um, how do you, how do you feel about their chances in their own land? Great question. That's a big journalist <laughs> thing. When you don't have an answer, you just say you just say great question to buy yourself. I didn't mean to time. do that. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, you're fine. Um, looking through this team. Um, you know, I would, for as excited as I am about the U.S. team, I think the European team has an equally strong team. Um, I think it's going to be another Ryder Cup for the ages like it was two years ago. Um, granted, the U.S. team kind of ran away with it on the last day, but it, it was very competitive, a lot of camaraderie. But if, you, if we look through the team, you got Tommy Fleetwood, who has been up near the top damn near every weekend. Tyrell Hatton, who's an absolute psychopath, but playing some really go- good golf right now. Uh, Thorbjorn Olsson, um, the guy from Denmark who absolutely pounds the ball, plays almost exclusively in Europe outside of the major championships over here on U.S. soil. Rory McIlroy had a great day today uh, in round one at, um, how do you put per- it, for the BMW yeah, championship. I'm, I'm, it seems I'm not like he try. was rolling the ball. Like, again, like I can go down the list. I, I think they have guys in really good form. And then if we look at the captain's picks, you got Paul Casey, Ian Poulter, Henrik Stenson, and Sergio Garcia. And just looking at that, you know, we can poke holes in all this, but those guys are proven winners. And it's clear that um, the captain, Thomas Bjorn, wants that, um, that veteran mentorship yeah. in his captain's picks to support these guys that are in their first Ryder Cup. It, it's very obvious to me that that was yeah, his strategy. I, know, I mean, I know Poulter has been around for a while. I know he, he's kind of come back to form a little. Poulter is an absolute yeah, 12, killer 12, 12 in the Ryder Cup. Two, I just was looking up, yeah. which is nuts to me. Right. Sergio also has a really good record. Um, he's also mm-hmm. not playing well. But at 19-11-7, I mean, it's hard to argue with. So. Yep. Uh because so I saw Sergio and I was a bit surprised by that until I thought about, you know, that that veteran you need more veterans on the team to coach these younger guys that have no experience. Cuz I thought Rafa Cabrera Cabrera Bayo should have been picked over right. Sergio. He's had a much better year in really good form, had a good showing at the Dell Technologies this past week. Um some other guys that came to mind was Eddie yep. Pepperell I mean, obviously, we remember him for his finish at the Open. When he got um, he got hammered a couple weeks uh, before. He got hammered the night before because he thought he was out of the tournament. Matt Wallace, who's won a few times this year on the European Tour, um, including this past week. So I thought, you know, that that might have made sense. And then Russell Knox, he's a guy that seems to be you know top fifteen pretty consistently, and is no Ryder cup experience. So, um, I also <laughs> wanted to, to tell you that Graham McDowell is a vice captain. Well, that's, so that's huge you'd, for me. You'd be really happy. You'd really, yeah, be happy I'm, I'm really that. happy. Um, for the viewers out there, the reason that I love Graham McDowell is because PC hates him so much. 
So I used to set his desktop background as Graham McDowell, send him pictures of Graham McDowell back in college all the time just to, to really get under his skin. And he, I was triggered honest, he really for sure. has no reason for hating Graham McDowell whatsoever. He's a cool guy. He drinks beer. Like, I don't know. I don't, what, what is your reasoning for hating Graham? A lot of my, like, unnecessary or, like, unproven hatred for golfers comes from their players on the old Tiger Woods (laughs) golf games. And when they sucked and they were on my team, I just developed this, like, like unequivocal hatred for them. That's why I hate Graham McDowell, Adam Scott, Luke Donald, like, uh, Nota Begay. They were all terrible, but they somehow got on this video game. They were probably boys with Tiger, and they needed some endorsement money, but they were awful. Noted the gay being in that game was absurd. Yeah, besides having a great career at Stanford and now being on, you know, the NBC team, Noted the gay. You know who was a real bitch in that game, though? (sighs) Vijay Singh. Who? I I forget which Tiger Woods game it was, but I always had a hell of a time beating Vijay Singh. Well, if you think back, uh, maybe like, I don't know, 14 years ago. Remember Vijay Singh overtook Tiger as number one in the world? Like, that was a big deal. And he was in his 40s at the time. So, he was playing really good golf. So, he was hot. Don't let him get hot. Don't let him get hot. All right. Well, we should probably touch on the BMW Championship before we get Mikey on the air. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously we can't do predictions because we know where everyone stands right now. But um, did you get a chance to watch some of the coverage with uh, Carson uh, I today? I did get to watch some of the coverage. I got a notification on my phone that Tiger Woods shot 29 on the front nine. So, obviously, I tuned in. He uh, simmered down a little bit on the back, obviously, ended up finishing at eight under. Hit a couple mm-hmm. really – He, you know, he was finding the fairway with his driver for the most part, which was very encouraging. But – he, he missed a yeah. few short irons, you know, 150 in. He kind of didn't put himself with a decent look at birdie. So, you know, ended up shooting eight under still, you know, by far his best round of the year, his best round since, what, 2011 or something like that. So, yep. I mean. At the Bridgestone Invitational. Wow. I, I knew you'd. Which was his last I knew victory. you'd come through there. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if he can, you know, put together a good round tomorrow and. You know, he's got a taste of the lead. Normally when Tiger's in the lead, well, old Tiger anyway, he, he kills people. But Yeah, he doesn't relinquish it, you know. But these guys, I mean, he's been away for so many years, and these young guys haven't really experienced it. They've only watched it on TV as spectators like you and I. So um, we'll see how they kind of react. I did want to mention also that, he put that Scotty Cameron back in the bag, the Newport two. And I did see the post round interview and they were like, you know, how's it feel like switching putters, blah, blah, blah. And tiger had like one of the cockiest subtle remarks to that. He's like, well, my body remembers this putter. So, you know, it wasn't that big yeah, of a he deal. Was, he, like just such a humble brag. Yeah. He was all so talking much. about, you know, how hot it was and the sweating and, you know, changing shirts with PGA. How he loses yeah. weight. And, and how yeah. it all goes back to the training. Like, he's just – he's got so much big dick energy that I can't even – my brain can't even comprehend the amount of big dick energy this guy has. But, 
for some reason I'm a sheep and I just follow him and I and I love him. I don't blame you. So, I love him as well. Pro Tiger I would podcast love to see here. A Rory versus Tiger, just like absolute duel. Yeah, let's not gloss gloss this over. Rory also shoots eight under today. He found his putting stroke. Um, he had it to nine under at one point with like, and I didn't watch the end of it. I had to actually do homework, but, um, it, it seems like, you know, he's coming to play. And if there is a tiger Rory pairing this weekend, you bet your ass. I'm going to be watching it in the back of the classroom on my laptop. Yeah. And this is great for golf. You think about all the big stars, um, of the last decade, you know, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, all these guys are playing good golf leading into the Ryder Cup. It just sets the stage for more drama. And I want to see a shootout this weekend in Pennsylvania. Definitely. And uh, worth mentioning, Ricky Fowler, his first week back. Mm-hmm. He, he shot. Posting 65. 65. Yeah, so, yeah. I thought that was really good. Um, you know, first competitive round back. I think they mentioned he had played a, a couple times. Right. So, um, I did also want to mention that in the FedEx Cup standings, he like went in before the Northern Trust is seventeen, didn't play for two weeks, and he's still in the top thirty. That's so impressive. I think that just goes to show he's having a pretty good year, and you know, hope he continues it into the weekend. But no one. No one can overtake Tiger in our hearts. So, you know, <laughs> Daniel and Topeka knows who we're rooting yep, for this definitely. weekend. All right. Well, let's bring on our uh, the newest addition to the Let's Do It Live podcast, Gambling Mikey. We're going to get him on the line and talk about a couple games. Can't wait. This is how we do it. All right, now we're here with Gambling Mike, who wants to be f- referred to as Mikey the Mush. So we're having a little bit of a rebranding episode. So Mikey the Mush, welcome back to the second edition of your gambling segment. What have you decided upon for a name of the segment? Well, we I think I had a name, and I really wasn't a good at uh, good at enunciation last week, but I believe it is. Oh God, Coach. Couchman's College Corner. I think you just threw in two extra <laughs> words, but I love it. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't really. I I love it too, and I hope it changes every week. But we will continue to refer to you as Mike. It will probably it'll probably lap. change every week because I probably won't be able to remember it. Ooh, I'm on the I'm on the clock. I, Who should I take? First round pick. What what uh number number? 10. Who who's available? Jesus. Uh, Julio, Odell, Julio, Julio, Odell, Dalvin, Keenan Allen, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon. Okay, how many people are in the league? When's your comeback pick? Ten. So I get the next two picks. OBJ and Dalvin. I like that as well. Or Melvin Gordon. We will. Let's go with. I'll split. I'll, this is a, this is a portion I'll, of good radio. Yeah, Mikey's Mikey the Mush on his fantasy football draft it, as we're doing in college. It just shows you what the really is. Exactly. 
Keep yes. weeds gambling. We're we're building the we're brand. We're gonna go with we're OBJ the and Melvin Gordon. Don't be surprised if we get interrupted again as he's trying to hammer the Falcons tonight live. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's still got fifty minutes still kick yeah. off. So eight twenty six. We got time. Yep. Okay. All right. So how how'd we do last week? MTM. Uh, last week we all went three and three on our picks, but we all went one and zero on our lock of the week, Virginia Tech. But we all took an L, uh, just like Jim Harbaugh has the last seventeen, or not Jim Harbaugh, but just like Michigan has the last seventeen times they've played on the road against a ranked team. So just as they went zero and seventeen in that streak, all three of us went. 0 and one on the game last week. Other than that, it uh, it was pretty split up in between games. But uh, mm-hmm. we have a new slate of uh, five games this week, and everyone has a lock. So uh, we'll have uh, six new picks to see how the standings go. Excellent. So what what game should we do first? Uh, let's start with um, UCLA going to Norman, Oklahoma, catching thirty and a half. Do you want to start this off, Pizza Bear? So they're catching 30 and a half. That's the number, yeah. Oklahoma's good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's so many points. Um, so so when I was doing my research, I didn't necessarily look at the spreads. I didn't know it was going to be that steep. But you know what? I took I took Oklahoma. What were you? What was I doing? I, I didn't even like look. Like the cartoons? I, looking at the, the I sent you the spreads. I, I don't know. I, I blacked out. I told you. My mind's in a mental pretzel this week. With Were you reading a just baby. like Family I'm Circus on the back tonight, of the whatever. newborn? With that said, <laughs> I'm just going to take Oklahoma in an absolute blowout. I took them last week. And you guys took Lane Kiffin and the, and yeah. the boys. Riverboat Lane did not work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did not work. It It really backfired. How about FAU sending a text to all their alumni asking for donations and saying that they beat yeah, Oklahoma? Got, They're like, hey, we just stunned Oklahoma. You got to get, Norman. Uh, you gotta get donations somehow. And I mean, I'm a big proponent of shooter shoot, so whatever. That doesn't even make Whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oklahoma, they got, you know, Kyler Murray, pretty impressive last week, 9 for 11, 209 yards. Um he also, I wanted to mention, he was a ninth overall pick in 2018, the Oakland Athletics. So the kid is an absolute stud athlete. Uh, Billy B taking a flyer. They got uh, Rodney Anderson, Heisman hopeful, five rushes, 100 yards. Um, they just have a high-powered offense. I really don't think there's a better offense in the NCAA. Um, I think they're just going to blow the doors off UCLA. Um, I don't know. That's all I got, really. All right. Well, I'm going to follow suit and also go with Oklahoma in this game. Um, you know, I was going to talk about Kyler Murray being an absolute stud. Uh, he did very well in his first game running over Lane Kiffin and his girlfriend, uh, Nick Saban's daughter. I think Lincoln Riley has done a good job taking over for Bob Stutes, Stoops in the Sooner, you know, as the Sooners head coach for the last couple of years. And there seemed to be no gap between Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray running that offense um, thoughts and prayers with our boy Wilton Spate who got hurt, who hurt his back in game Weird. his first game for the UCLA Bruins, uh, which seems to be a uh, standard thing for him getting hurt in, in games and really leaving it up to 
the underclassmen to pick up the slack. But they had freshman Dorian Thompson Robinson come in and last week. I I hear good things about this guy. I'm not gonna pretend like I want like read rivals and know how he was in high school, but I think it's gonna take some time for Chip Kelly and this team to implement an offense and start winning games. So I got Oklahoma big. I'm going to sadly agree with you guys. Um, I think I think uh, that UCLA quarterback was either a Brady Hoke or a Harbaugh commit at one point. So he was a he was a Harbaugh right. commit. Um, but as you guys talked about Oklahoma enough, I'm going to spin on the other side. Uh, Chip Kelly obviously had his first game last week at UCLA. Uh, did not go well. He lost to Luke Fickle, so that's that's who. Yeah, he coached Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Um, but fun Chip Kelly stat, he is thir- three and 17 in the last 20 games he's coached as a head coach. Started this year at UCLA 0-1. 2016 with the Niners, they went 2-14. and 14. And in 2015, the Eagles ended the season 1-2. and two. So the guy has actually won a football game in like two years. So, yeah, I know. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, he did. Did he take a year off yeah. between 49ers and, he and UCLA? For a minute, I think. So He's I also a very awkward human, so I don't know how he would have worked on TV. But now he's back to losing football games, which he's been seen to be good at lately. All right. So, unanimous pick. That, Oklahoma, yes, sir. 30.5. I just mentioned a former Ohio State head coach in Luke Fickle, albeit for one year. Then he got demoted to D coordinator, and then he had to share a D coordinator to talk about just losing your stamina. But uh, we will go to Ohio State, who is hosting Rutgers, and Ohio State is giving 35 and a half points. So if 30 and a half wasn't big enough, Kevin, we'll go 35 and a half. Thank, thank you. Thank you for dumbing it down. You want me to take the lead on this one, too? Go ahead. Yeah, as you're the resident Ohio State Buckeye expert living down in enemy territory. I think Ohio State is – I'm going to take them. Um, I think that they had a good showing last week, but they gave up 31 points to a shitty Oregon State team. I think that they're really going to hammer down on D. Um, Obviously got Haskins through for five TDs last week. Uh, You got the dynamic duo of Dobbins and Weber at running back. I think that they're going to blow the doors off. Urban, Urban's back coaching at practice. He's making his presence felt. I just have a good feeling about Ohio State, as much as it pains me to say that. I think uh, – oh, another stat I wanted to bring up. Uh, in their previous four meetings, Ohio State has outscored them 219-24, to 24, and Rutgers hasn't found the end zone since 2015. So. Yep. 56 to nothing, 58 to nothing, 49 yeah. to 7. Yep. It's been the last three. <laughs> so oh I like Ohio God. State, unfortunately. Uh, and sadly, I'm going to agree with the Pizza Baron on this one. Um, I mean, you touched on Haskins having a good game along with Mike Weber. Um, Dobbins, also a stud at running back. And I, I assume they're going to have both quarterbacks in. So Haskins and then Tate Martell, the kid from Vegas, um, probably getting some reps. Um, Rutgers also has a true freshman at quarterback, this Sitkowski kid. And even though they beat Texas State last week 35-7, to I think playing in the horseshoe is a completely different animal 
and he's most likely going to shit the bed like Ryan Rayburn in a playoff series. So OSU is going to put up another 70-point game and just absolutely blow out the Red Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't need to elaborate much more than that. Other than I'm on the clock, do I take Brady in the third round or third slash fourth round? Uh, I'm just, I'm I'd say no. yes. Too, too early. Ooh. Ooh, we got a yes and a no. All right, so we will be going. Oh, there's one more pick in front of me. Damn it. All right. Out of these three guys, should I just take two of them? Larry Fitzgerald, Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald has the best ass in the league, so definitely. He's drafted. And then I'd take Diggs over Thielen. Definitely. Buckets, we're done. We're moving on. All right. Do you agree with us on Ohio State and Rutgers? Yeah, you guys hit everything before. I mean, I really can't even – I can't take a team getting 35 and a half points when their average margin of loss is like 52 points the last four years. So, um, yeah, we can just – that's enough. Um, Ooh, now we go to another – they were rivals in the ACC, and now Jimbo Fisher – as got cucked and went to Texas A&M for a big payday, and they will be hosting. He got absolutely paid. What do you man. mean? Cucked. Like $10 million. Yeah, that's I, – I said Guaranteed. he got fact check, fact check him right now. I said he got cucked, but then he got absolutely paid. Oh, you cut out oh, for the oh. absolutely paid. Here. Jimbo, Texas A&M contract all right while he's 10, year, 10 out, years it's, 10 years 75 million my boy got paid okay it's, yes it's not all guaranteed it's not too million, it's crazy so. yeah, it's 7.10 years 10, right just the figures yeah whatever with yeah. interest and in, like time value of money that's probably what exactly is. yeah and you know he's got a cd for 10 yeah. percent a year yeah, he, bought it, Sachs. He, he bought it's it from uh, carl nassib i think oh god who got cut by and the then Browns? Signed by game. the Bucks, where there's no state income tax. There's fun, even more stats that he can butcher and not get right. <laughs> yeah, his compounding interest equation looked like me doing third grade math when I realized like you could put more than one symbol it was, in an honestly, equation. He had like, like figure, he just had, like, making up shit before lines. order of operations, like. He didn't. He didn't even get like the rule rights, like the rule of seventy-two. He's calling it like the rule of ten or something. Yeah, but he doesn't know how slope works. Exactly. They, you know what? Him and Bryson would make a very good team. Just two absolute weirdos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mathematical. Okay, geniuses. back to the game. All right, game let's three. get back to the game. Number two, Clemson, giving twelve and a half points <laughs> at Texas A&M. PC. Go for it. I'll start this one off. Um, you know, a lot of news outlets have Clemson playing Alabama in the national championship for the fourth year in a row. Is that correct? Um, it's a big the, that got starter Kelly Bryant, who had a tremendous year last year for the Clemson Tigers. And then the stud freshman, Trevor Lawrence, who might be like, absolute NFL superstar. And I think it's going to be a battle um, over the first couple games and Trevor Lawrence is going to come out and 
take over the starting position, starting QB position at Clemson. But anyways, uh, you know, this is the first test for Jim Fisher at Texas A&M. You know, they played a cupcake game against Northwestern State in their opener. You know, Tigers as well. They played Furman and, uh, you know, neither team had any issues there. But my gut says Clemson uh, goes to College Station and just blows the top off this thing and puts Jimbo Fisher in a locker and wins big. This is an app. This is going to be an ass. So I have Clemson giving 12. That's my pick. All right. Just to make it a little different, I'm going to oppose you on this one. Uh, I can't take the favorite in the points in every bet. That's just not good betting business. Um, so I'm going to take A&M here. Uh, I think Jimbo Fisher is familiar with Dabo. Um, if the Aggies protect Kellen Mond from Clemson's devastating defensive line, um, I think they can try to keep it a low-scoring affair, and I think that they're gonna they're gonna lose by less than twelve and a half. All right. At home, I, you, Andrew, you almost called Trevor Lawrence a god, and that would have been incorrect because that is Jimbo Fisher because he is holier than thou, and he is Jesus incarnate. So that was almost wrong, but but then you stopped yourself. Yeah. That being said, I mean. With all that money that tech, or that Jimbo got for that contract, he needs to buy whatever real estate that Dabo has in his head because he's owned that matchup lately. And I'm going to have to actually agree with the PC on this one. I'll take the 12 – or I'll give the 12.5 points. It opened at 13.5, went down to 11, kind of settling in this area. Uh, normally, I trust the initial line – more than if it has a big drop like that so we will uh we'll go with clemson for the mush <laughs> moving west for our last two games we have a rivalry that was reignited by jim harbaugh with usc going to palo alto to play stanford and stanford is a five and a half point favorite i'll start this one off again um so Bryce Love and the Stanford Cardinal, you know, they had like a decisive win against SDSU in the first game, but Bryce Love was absolutely non-existent in that game. I think he had like 18 rushes for 29 yards. So USC, a freshman quarterback in JT Daniels, uh, Fun fact, he's the second freshman ever at USC to see an opener for the Trojans. Um, he's going to rely heavily on in this game. Uh, but USC is going to cover. So I take USC in this one. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that, on USC. Um, I think if they limit Bryce Love, they got JT Daniels, impressive showing, as you said. He's 22 at 35 for 282 yards, no turnovers. Um, I think that USC is not only going to win, I think they're going to win this game by more than a touchdown. Not so fast, my friends. USC last week played UNLV, my second hometown team. And. <laughs> They struggled early. 
Uh, UNLV is bad. Uh, San Diego State is Rocky Long, pretty good head coach. They put out uh, very good teams every year, and Stanford kind of beat them handily. Um, this kid that Stanford has, this wide receiver with the name I can't pronounce. Oh, he's a uh, stud. He had like three touchdown catches yeah. in, in the first game. Yeah. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside? Yeah. Some, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and Bryce Love, who he wasn't that big of a unit the other night, but he just in general he's a unit. So, um, oh, I'm going to take Jarvis Landry. And I need a running back. So we'll go. That was a pretty seamless transition to your <laughs> fantasy draft there. Dion I mean, it was Lewis. still mid-consciousness. I feel yeah, like your well. draft's moving pretty quick here. It is. Is it going... like 45 seconds? No, it's a minute and a half when we're already in the sixth round. These people are flying. Nice. All right, um, go back to the yeah, USC well, Stanford it, game. Yeah, it's just chronic ADD. It's an issue. Um, but I will stick with – the favorites, and I'll take t- I'll take Stanford given the five and a half at home. Mm-hmm. And well, is California more west than Arizona? So yeah, we're just gonna go south. We won't go west. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Jesus new, Christ! <laughs> the new, the newly. Uh, we take we take our gambling advice from you. Yeah, hey. you don't even know geography. <laughs> yeah, well, I know how to get there. Jesus Christ. All right. I go, I go follow to the, the next little one. plane on the, the, on the map on the TV screen. Yeah. All right. So we're going south <laughs> this time for uh, Herm Edwards, <laughs> the newer, the newest uh, Arizona State college coach or CEO or faith leader, whatever he calls himself, um, hosting the number 11 Michigan State Spartans who are giving six and a half points. PB, lead us off. Um, I mean, my my brain tells me that Michigan State's going to cover. They had a rough week last week against Utah State. They only won by seven, made it kind of close. So, you know, like I said, the brain tells me is going to right the ship and they're going to win convincingly. But my heart refuses to let me take Michigan State ever, so I'm taking Arizona State plus six and a half. All right. Um, I'm going to disagree respectfully, of course, and say D'Antonio ate everyone's asses out in the locker room after that abysmal <laughs> start against exactly. Utah State. I knew it was football season, but I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, no, it's ass-eating season. season. Yeah, it's ass-eating season. And apparently, according to part of my take, it's spit-in-mouth season, too. <laughs> so, um, no, I, th- I think D'Antonio, you know, gets the guys in check. This is going to be an absolute shootout. I don't think any defense is going to be played in this game. And it's – Whatever the over is, Mikey, you, Mikey the Mush, do you have access to the over currently? Because that would be something that I would highly suggest in taking if it, you are de- a degenerate gambler. It is 53 points. Oh, over. Hammer yeah. the over. Well, uh, Arizona State's last five games, the total, mm-hmm. um, not the line, but the total just in general, uh, mm-hmm. 50, 56, 83. 72, 64, 81, and Michigan State has had over 49. They had 
69, which was nice. Nice. Or 59, (laughs) which was almost as nice. 47 and 51. So your call of the over there is not uh, is I did some not that bad of a play. Could yeah. it be the lock of the week? It, it's not the lock of the week, but uh, again, I'm going to take the Spartans. They're going to win and cover, and they're going to cover. Ooh, he's an obvious win. Um, I am going to disagree and go with the Pizza Baron himself. Uh, pretty much everything he said, I echo. Sentiment wise. Um, and I think I'm surprised this line is actually six and a half. I thought it would be like eight and a half, nine, just because everyone hates Herman yeah, Edwards. That would make me think a yeah, little bit. Yeah, everyone does not like Herman Edwards, but seems like a sucker play. But you know what? I love it. So we're going to take the six and a half points with Arizona State. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're on a roll now. Oh, can I? I have one Let's... more fact I forgot in the Ohio State game. Um, Go ahead. So, yeah, Urban Meyer's back at practice finally because of Zach Smith. I always thought he was a really bad receivers coach. Uh, but here's a fun fact on Saturday, when Michigan and Ohio State play, it will be exactly one year, 365 days, since Michigan had a wide receiver score a touchdown. In that time span, Ohio State has had 30 touchdowns from wide receivers. Can you name who was the last Michigan receiver to score a touchdown? Uh, how, wait, how long was the drought? It'll be exactly 365 days Saturday. This oh, Saturday. Black. Yeah, it's Tariq Black. Ooh, incorrect. It what? was, well, he Tariq had it Black against. caught the bomb against Florida. Exactly. Grant Perry scored. A, against Air Force? No, against Cincinnati. Ah, uh, oh, damn. And that game was September 9th, I believe. How's That's how the calendar works, yeah. Um, so that would be Friday, Michael. No, today's the 6th. No, I'm <laughs> just fucking with you. Um, <laughs> yes, and to make matters worse, with now with Tariq Black hurt and after Nicole Crawford and Tyrone Wheatley Jr. transferred, there is only four. There's only four players that ha, that currently dress on the Michigan roster that have receiving touchdowns. Zach Gentry, a tight end, has two. Sean McKeon, a tight end, has three. And Chris Evans, a running back, has one. So the receiving stats for the University of Michigan are not good. Brutal. Well, but I just wanted to, I wanted to throw that fun us down a dark path. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that that one fact. Okay, Um, I'll I'll just segue into my lock of the week, judging from the facts you threw out there. And this is going to be controversial, especially for this podcast. Obviously, we're very we're all Michigan grads, very pro Michigan. But uh, my lock of the week is Western Michigan plus twenty seven and a half. God damn it! I like it. And the reason for that, I think. Michigan was like one in five against the spread to start the year last year. I was not impressed by anything you said. I read that or anything that I saw last week. I read the stat that you just mentioned about not having a receiver to catch a touchdown in over a year. Um, They only did what they had one offensive touchdown last week. The other one was a kick return. I I'm just not feeling good about this Michigan offense and 27 and a half points is a lot. 
when you only score one touchdown. So I know Western Michigan's weak, but I, I just don't see him covering 27 and a half. You could have said it was a lot or that it was a lock. So either one works there. Yeah. However, the listeners want to hear that. All three exactly. of them. Lock, lot, lot. All right. It, um, cha- it can change by time zone. How do, how do we feel about it? I hate I, it. I, I hate it. I don't hate it. I hate it. I feel bad saying it, but I don't hate it. It just it just cuts me to my core, Baxter. I, I'm just I'm in a mental pretzel. I now. feel like whenever I bet with the Wolverines, I lose. Yeah, but this is your this mortal way, lock is, of the week, and the loser is going to have to go sit and take that SAT at Brother Rice High School next year. So <laughs> hey. I, I feel I feel like you shouldn't be making this your lock of the week. It's okay. Guaranteed, oh, Kevin. I'm, I'm down, Kevin, I'm down Kevin gets a worse worse score on his SAT at 29 I'm, years old versus I'm, 16 I'm down years on old. The Wolverines, okay. <laughs> Maybe, I I think we found out that the Baron is just Michigan's mush. He is. <laughs> so when they cover this week, we just he, know that that's what we should do. We'll get him a job in the athletic department. It'll be funded by him just betting against them. Yeah, that's week. his salary. It's like the anti-Pete Rose. Like, exactly. he's not sabotaging. He's just betting against them. Yeah. And he, in an he, unpaid internship, washing socks. Yeah, exactly. He is a – he's basically bulletin board material. Oh, God. All right. That – but I think it hurts most because I understand all the rationale that went into it, and I don't disagree with it. Um. My mortal lock of the week is Northwestern minus three at home against Duke. Uh, I think they're riding, you know, In a the bit of a – what's that? It's the quiz bowl, right? Yeah, it's the quizzo. Yeah, okay. It's at a local bar in Edmonton, Illinois. No, uh, I think, I'd say library, but – Whatever. It's it's a bunch of nerds playing football it's up true. in northern Illinois. Um, you know – Pat Fitzgerald and the Wildcats beat Purdue in West Lafayette last week in a close one. Uh, They seem to have a strong running back with Jeremy Larkin. Um, Not convinced that Duke is a strong football team whatsoever, no matter how many years they play in a bowl game. They, in my mind, are only a basketball and nerd school. So um, I'm going Wildcats minus three as my lock this week. They are a bunch of birds. Yeah. That which is, like, hey, which is not. Scared birds. Hey, it's not like a demeaning statement. No, they're just they're, much smarter than us. That was like they're a, nerds. A couple of years ago, I'm pretty sure Stanford played at Northwestern the first game of the year. And there was like more like academic stats than there was that like in the you know, little pop ups than there were football stats. Yeah, I believe it. A lot of engineers in that game. A lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that are going to make a lot of money. Yeah, and more than I will, probably. Well, with your betting um, hot streak I mean, that you're on, I, I wouldn't bet against you right you're, now. You're coming off a hot year. Yeah. I did. You know what? Last night I hit four yo's in a row, followed by three twelves in a row. Up. Swear to God, it's never happened. Where were you at? Um, a... Uh, establishment in detroit off third street um owned by uh four what are what are the odds on hitting a yo like isn't it like 17 to one yeah and they pay out and you hit four in a row they pay out 15 to one i hit four in a row and then after that i hit two 12s in a row that is 
they pay out thirty to one, and it's what thirty six to one. That's, so that's the, insane. The mush lives and dies with the mush. So, so what did we walk away with last night? Uh, last night we walked away with uh, eight positive. Jesus, eight units or eight k? K. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm in the wa- I'm in You're the such wrong degenerate. I'm in the wrong profession. But I just need I had, to like but I had, go bet against Mike. I had a fantasy draft before that, so th- all those units went to fund that draft. Ah, gotcha. So, but it worked out. That's why I needed the number, and I got it. So it was good. An eight thousand dollar fantasy draft? Yeah, it was ten thousand, but I had the two covered prior. All right, Mikey the Mush, proving why we call him who, Mikey who the Mush you, and the degenerate gambler. With? Who are you playing with? Um, I actually only know like two of the twelve guys in the league, and it's it's ten k. You are what's is it I, all fifth guys? Uh, there's only two of them in that one. But is that how you were introduced to it? Yes. Yeah, makes sense. Yes, yes, that was. But all before right. that, <laughs> I need to announce my lock of the week and it's not even the lock of the week it is i won't say sentry i don't even like saying the word lock i use a little like uh emoji for it Um, yeah the 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 key lock that you put on a bridge when you're in love that one yeah that paris lock so we'll call it we'll call it the paris lock of the week and it is fresno state plus plus two and a half at minnesota I knew you were going to pick a West Coast flyer. I knew it. I should have. I should have announced it right before you did your lock of the week. It's a night God game. It's it. a night game, but it's in Minnesota, so it's still like seven thirty time, which is like perfect. Um, Fresno State is the cover team of the century. I think they've covered thirteen out of their last fifteen. Uh, they bailed me out of a big hole on Christmas Eve last year <laughs> in their bowl game. They were big dogs. They won outright, so they have like a, a, a special place uh, you know, in my heart for them. And they Minnesota. I don't know what boat PJ Black is rowing up there, but I don't like it. And it's but, a pontoon boat. Yeah, I mean, who rows? <laughs> I mean, come on, it's a, it's two thousand six, seven, eight. Like, who rows anymore? Um, it's all like, modernized. So uh, I don't like them. They are not. They were a good cover team under Jerry Kill, not so much under PJ Fleck. So the Paris lock of the week is the Fresno State Bulldogs getting two and a half. They'll probably win outright, but I'll take the two and a half for fun. Yeah, I don't hate that. I was looking at that same game. Yeah. I I also like Hawaii in, this week. They're mm-hmm. giving they're giving like twelve or something at home. I think you're. Um, I think you're, you're jumping on the bandwagon with them. Well, whatever. I'm just well. The Rainbow just Warriors hold a special place in my heart. I understand after that. Colt, Colt Brennan in the uh, mid 2000s, setting the record, passing oh. record. Oh yeah, All love right. that guy. All right, so before All right. we're really in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not up for like 15 more picks. We got a second. Um, who? Ooh, the mon- now the Eagles are a plus 100 on a pick 'em. Mm-hmm. Wow, they don't like Nick Foles that much, eh? Huh? So, our next segment is the NFL preview for tonight, and both the Pizza Baron and I like the Falcons tonight. 
please argue for or against us, Mikey the Mush. Um, if you remember last week, I made a pretty bold statement regarding visors. Mm-hmm. Saying that <laughs> Doug, I forgot about that. Yeah, Doug that, Peterson makes visors cool, like exactly, Steve Spurrier, the exactly. old ball coach. He, he, He's he's the he's the unit of guys that coaches that wear visors, um, and he's he's kind of turning into a heel. Like last year, he was like the hero. Like, oh my god, he who would have ever thought to run that play, uh, with the Philly Philly play, and now yeah. he went like full Nick Saban, and he's like basically telling the press to like go fuck themselves. Um, which is this is a family podcast. Well, I, the mush. Yeah. You no, clean I like it up. It. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going full Saban, full heel. Like it a lot. Uh, so, I don't, I don't really – I'm just going to take Philly. So, we both like Atlanta, obviously. What do you think of this over-under, though? Yeah, it's like 44 and a half. Yeah, yeah 44 there. and a half is what I see. Yeah, I'd Which, hammer the over. Yes. He, I love the over. I think I'm going to take the over. Yeah. I got 13 minutes to get it in. I must, oh, I just got mine in. Good. Um, I'm assuming this means they just hate Nick Foles and they're not going to score. Um, but every year it's like Atlanta. It seems like every year Atlanta and New Orleans get this like play. Like before the season started, like, oh, they're going to be so good. And then they're not as good the first like four games. And then you hear like, all right, well, should New Orleans blow up New Orleans, like blow up their ship? Like do Drew Brees and Sean Payton not need to be best friends anymore? And then both teams like go on a run. So I probably just made that up a little bit in my head to make the Philly pick seem smarter. But I'm not going to argue with you. I think that sounds right. So uh, I know I know uh, Elshon Jeffrey isn't He's playing out. For, for the yeah. Eagles, but um, other than that. I mean, they still have a bunch of weapons on offense. They have, like, six running backs. Um, well, not really, but, I mean, they'll have one, two. They'll have at least five sc- show up on the score sheet tonight, which is absurd. So, mm-hmm. I don't think Mike, offense is going to be lacking. I do like the over, and I'm going to ride with the defending Super Bowl champions because it's the curse of Roan. Chris of Rome. Mikey, yeah. being the degenerate you are, uh, I need your take on teaser bets. Do you do you run with them? How do you feel about them? Or is it a sucker's bet like everyone says? Because right now I'm looking, I could tease the Falcons and the over to make it Falcons plus five over 38 and a half. Your thoughts? Yeah, and what's the payout? Like even money? Yeah, but yeah. it's easy money. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't think they're as sucker plays as people think. I'm not. I don't personally do them, um, but I mean, if that in that instance, yeah. Uh, oh, you can do a two team. Normally, they have to be three teams. But yeah, two two team, two yeah. team six. That's All not, right, that's not too bad. But <laughs> we're we're just really. Putting our cards on the table <laughs> in yeah, terms I mean, of how degenerate we are. <laughs> so, oh no! All right, the, the Falcons so, are minus one. Though. All right, Ooh. so the pizza, Damn, the pizza baron, and the people's commish like the Falcons. Mikey the Mush likes the Eagles. We'll check back in next week with another segment of whatever Mikey the Mush decides to call it um, for the week three slate. Mikey the Mush, thanks for being with us, Pizza Baron. 
<laughs> Thanks for taking us down a dark path. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I do have to give a shout out to our first partnership, um, and that is MV Sportsbook. So quick shout out to them. They've sponsored this segment. And if you need to be degenerate gamblers like us, please contact MV Sportsbook. Um, going off MV Sportsbook, funny you mentioned that. I didn't even know they were a sponsor for tonight, but I'm currently on their website. They have a Play Big 365 site. Um, I'm actually currently hammering the Falcons and the over as we speak on his website. So if you guys want to use name and password, just contact. Uh, just slide into our DMs. At, slide into our let's DMs. Do we'll, a, we'll tell you how you can live do it. on Instagram, and we'll hook you guys up. It's betting made easy. I've, I went 5-1 and one since I started using Playbag 365. Success is not guaranteed by Let's Do It Live if you choose to use MV Sportsbook. <laughs> yeah, Let's just not, be clear. We're, we're not liable. Past performance is not indicative of future results. I have to say that all the time. So Thank you. Thank you so much, Mikey. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, gentlemen. All right, we'll see you next on. week. Have a good evening. I will uh, talk to you boys next week. All right. Thanks, Mikey. All right, and that was Gambling with Mikey. I believe he called it Coucher's Corner tonight, but it could be Stinson's Picks next week. I don't think he knows what day it is. So let's move on. Just preview the game tonight. So NFL kickoff starts at 8.20 Eastern Standard Time, which I believe is 2.20 Hawaiian Pacific or Hawaiian Aleutian. Uh, Don't quote me on that one. Um, But we got the Falcons at the Eagles who are a one-point favorite going into this game. Um, just some notable injuries. Carson Wentz is out, along with Alshon Jeffrey. So two um, big weapons for the Eagles' offense are not playing. Um, no notable injuries, really, for the Falcons. But they did add Calvin Ridley from Alabama at wide receiver. So they are stacked in that <laughs> Calvin regard. Ridley was your breakout star on our fantasy picks last year, correct? Or last week. Sorry. Correct. So. I, I think he's going to have a big year. Um, you know, a lot of the defensive, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the DBs are going to focus on Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. I think he can just, you know, quietly have, I don't know, eight, 900 yards and a couple TDs, which is very good for Definitely. a rookie. Um, I was looking at the game line. You said, who did you have as the one-point favorite? I saw it as a pick when I was looking at it. On ESPN, it's uh, Eagles as a one-point favorite, so they're okay. getting one. Um, I kind of – Which is essentially a pick I kind of love I mean, the Falcons in this game. Um, yep. Obviously, you mentioned the injury to Wentz and Alshon, who's obviously their best receivers out. I believe there might be a chip on the Falcons' shoulder as well. D- didn't the Eagles knock them out of the playoffs last year? So yes. I, I see yep. Matt Ryan coming with coming with heat. Um, he's got all of his offensive weapons are healthy. Another, which another thing that was almost my lock of the weeks, the over under for this game is only forty four. I kind of mm-hmm. love that. I'm I'm a big over guy. Um, I mean, life's too short. Right, exactly. I did win an under bet, uh, Florida State Virginia Tech on mon- on Monday night, but that's probably only because I have a good luck charm downstairs and in, in a, in his pack and play right now. Um, 
but I'm definitely going over tonight. Um, I think, like I said, the Falcons got a chip on their shoulder. I think the Eagles have a Super Bowl hangover. I don't think Big Dick Nick's awesome play is going to continue. I think it was kind of a, a flash in a pan. Flash yeah. in the pan. So. Yeah. I can see that. So, just pulled up. So, Falcons snuck in with a wild card. They played at the Eagles last year in the first round. And the Eagles were actually underdogs exactly. at home. And that's where that whole underdog think, uh, yeah. kind of mantra right. came from. And the Eagles were able to win 15-10, uh, knock out the defending NFC champs. And, you know, we all know what happened after that. But I agree with you. I think the Falcons just have too many weapons on offense. Um, they're going to put up a lot of points. The Eagles' D is solid, don't get me wrong, but I just think the Falcons are going to come out and score a lot of points, and you got a makeshift offense on the Eagles' side that they're going to rely on running the ball. And if that doesn't work for them, they're shit out of luck. So I like the, I like the Falcons. That um, I- – that that 15 to 10 score makes my over sound pretty bad right now but well like also think it's january in philadelphia like yeah whether whoever says weather doesn't play a role is out of their yeah 100 percent gourd so but uh yeah that was interesting because i i remember i took the falcons in that game because i you know after carson Wentz went down i everyone was writing off the eagles i thought nick Foles was a joke so you know, I learned a good hard lesson, but obviously I didn't learn that lesson because I'm going to take the Falcons again, and uh, we're going to see what happens. Absolutely. Love it. I'm just excited football's back. You know, I'm, I'm still butthurt from um, old Jimmy and the Michigan Wolverines' performance in South Bend last Saturday, but we lived the fight another day still in the top 25 in the AP rankings and um, more than enough chances to – uh, redeem themselves. You know, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, yeah. and Ohio State all on the slate they, for Michigan. Yeah, they this could year. still run the table and and get in. But from what I saw on Saturday night in in the hospital, um, holding my newborn, uh, it was it was it was pretty ugly. I I was disgusted actually with the play of that game, the, the way it was managed, um, fielding a punt inside the five yard line. Um, the play action call on second and goal in the, in the first half. They only had one offensive touchdown. I'm pretty sour on the Wolverines right now. Obviously, I still love them, uh, but they were the mm-hmm. only bet that I lost. I started the season 5-1, and one, and uh, the Wolverines let me down. And I, I told you last week I should have took Notre Dame. But yep, reverse you guys psychology. Were all big Michigan guys, so I, you know, I rode the wave and I wiped out. <laughs> okay uh keanu reeves and point break <laughs> all right well that's all we have for you guys tonight um want to wish the pizza baron a happy early birthday 29 can't believe we've been friends for over a decade now makes me makes feel me... old and like i should be much more mature than nope. i am you know doing a podcast and in my office at 7 p.m. on yeah, a we Thursday. Should probably, we should probably instead be looking into our doing my... <laughs> looking how to nestle away a few extra bucks, but instead we're talking about sports to 17 listeners. 
But that's okay. That's what we, how we like to spend our time. Hey. Happiness. Happiness is what matters. Hey. Exactly. And we'll get Carson on the podcast yep. soon enough. So that's been another episode of Let's Do It Live. Seven times in a row with no rehearsal. Thanks for being Thanks, with guys. us. We'll see you next week. Oh, must be Burt Reynolds or something.